Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Turn with me to John chapter 1. Um, what is so good this morning is I get to talk about my, my, my hero Jesus this morning. And my goal today is to bring us to a place where we truly understand who Jesus is. And I know all of us know who he is, but how many know that faith comes from hearing? Not from having heard, but from hearing. And this morning, all I want to do is remind you who Jesus is this morning. Um, everyone say hero. Uh, how many know that in society we love, we love heroes, right? Especially like you, you sometimes watch the news. Of course, the news isn't as much a thing as it was, you know, 20 years ago. But we love those stories on the news where it's, there's some hero that's jumped in and saved the day. Uh, you know, someone jumps in the river and saves someone from drowning or, you know, all these kind of things that we see uh, as heroes. I, my, my mom Last night, she walked in and, and gave my dad just the biggest hug. Twice in the last week, my mom's car has had troubles. And twice, my dad has had to go and rescue her. Um, and uh, she walked in yesterday and gave him just the biggest hug and kiss and said, you're my knight in shining armor, right? Um, it, he's our hero, right? And that's, we, we love to have a hero. Um, hero movies. Hero movies are all the rage right now. I know when, when Kai was a little tiny baby and she'd cry in the middle of the night, uh, I, I'd get up with her and we'd go in the other room and we'd watch um, this, this show. This is back before we had Netflix kids. Um, uh, this is actually not Shameless, by the way. I'm totally doing Shameless next week. I should have told my team I'm doing a Christmas sermon today. <laughs> not Shameless part two. We'll do Shameless next week. But when Kai was a little baby, we'd go in the other room and we would actually have to go to the library and check out DVDs and put them in this thing called a DVD player. And you'd push them in and we would bin, binge watch the DVDs. That was before you binge watched Netflix. And uh, we watched this show called Smallville, which was about Superman when he was a kid, right? And the opening title of the, the song was Somebody Save Me. That's the way the song starts. Somebody Save Me. And as you, you know, it's about Superman who saves people but as you watch the show it wasn't just about save me from you know falling off of a building or you know the earth from being blown up or all those things that happen in superhero movies but there was this deeper thing in the show which is like there, i'm having this inner turmoil and i need a friend or someone to come along and and save me right sometimes we need to be saved from ourselves how many know that we know the ultimate hero this morning we know the ultimate hero this morning. Um, in the time that Jesus lived, okay, this is the, the Jewish people living over in, in Jerusalem and the surrounding area that day. These were people who grew up being told that they were God's chosen people. Say chosen people. They were God's chosen people. And how would that make you feel as a kid growing up knowing that you are part of God's chosen people, that every day your parents are teaching you, you know what, we, we are Jews, we are God's chosen people. You'd kind of have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, right? 
which we actually see that in some of the stories, especially in the gospel, like the story of the, of the Samaritan woman or the good Samaritan. Like the reason they weren't really fond of the Samaritans because they weren't really Jewish people, right? They weren't, they weren't really a part of us. We're God's chosen people, and you guys are something else. So they grew up thinking we are God's chosen people. And inside God's chosen people, they believed a Messiah would come. We sang it this morning about the Messiah. Like they believed a Messiah would come. And the word Messiah means anointed one or, or it means chosen one is what it means. And sometimes that word is Christ, right? We'll say Messiah or Christ. It's an interchangeable word, but it means anointed one or chosen one. So inside God's chosen people, there was a chosen one that was going to rise up and save them from the world. Now, listen, we all have things that we hope will save us, right? Um, some of us, we, you know, not hopefully anyone here, but some of us in our society, we think, you know, the person sitting in the White House can save us. How many know that's not been the case ever? Ever in the history of our nation, the person in the White House has never been able to save us. We've been a great nation for the last 200 some odd years. We still have a lot of problems. We still have a lot of problems. No political leader is ever going to be able to save us. Ever. We're always looking for someone to save us, but can you imagine growing up, being told your whole life, there will be someone rise up and he will save us. Someone will rise up and he will save us. Like the amount of hope that fills your heart, we don't have that in our American culture today. We don't have that. In, in general society where we're saying, you know, someday there'll be one man who just rises up and saves us all. But to grow up hearing that, how that has to change your worldview, how that has to shift who you are. I actually looked it up. Um, you can actually look this up on, on the nation of Israel um, on their website today. They, act, they actually have a section on their website about the Jewish Messiah and the characteristics he will exhibit, and I want to uh, read just a few of these to you, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read the list they have of these are the char characteristics of the Jewish Messiah, the chosen one, the Savior. It says, one, he will be a servant of God. Two, he will build the kingdom of God. Three, he will be a national hero who will vanquish the enemies of Israel. Four, the king, his kingdom will be eternal. Five, he will have wonderful abilities. Six, he will engage in acts of moral judgment. Seven, he will be a light unto the nations. Eight, his success will be the result of spiritual, not violent activities. Nine, he will be stricken and suffering figure who will bear the pain of society. Ten, um, he will be of the house of David. And eleven, we do not know exactly when he will appear. That's, that's the markings of the Messiah, according to the nation of Israel today. And that's who they're looking for. And if you go on to read on their website, they'll say, and he hasn't come yet. He hasn't come yet. Like, we know he's coming. We don't know when, but he's coming. We don't know when that is yet. Say, unexpected. And, and can I tell you that the Messiah of God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, he has come, and he was unexpected. Say unexpected. 
Like he was unexpected because he wasn't what they were looking for. We talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the nativity because what they were looking for, as we saw in this list, I think the one that's most striking is the one that says he will vanquish the enemies of Israel. Right? That this man will come, especially in that day, will come and he will be one that, that will be a military leader that puts the other nations to shame. Now today, if you ask Someone from Israel, this is a debated topic. They'll say, well, no, it won't be through military conquest. But very much so, in Jesus' day, it was someone who would come through military conquest with a sword on a white horse to kick the Romans in the teeth. Because Roman occupation was a real thing in that day. Like, we think we're persecuted because we have to wear masks. Uh, These were people who were persecuted just because of who they were. And so in that day, we're talking about the, the Romans coming in and an invading army coming in and living among them and, and reshaping the way they live. If you've seen um, the show The Chosen, if you haven't, I'd recommend it highly. But they do a, such an incredible job of showing that the way that the Roman army has come in and occupied the nation of Israel at that time. And how it's not just something to be trifled with, that these guys were guys that, that the Jewish people hated It wasn't nothing to do uh, with, but they were scared of. Interestingly, about 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, um, the Romans will come in and they'll do a siege of Jerusalem. Well, they'll completely cut off the city from any supplies getting in the city or anyone getting out of the city. They'll completely destroy the temple as as Jesus says it gets so bad that inside the city they they begin have to resort to cannibalism just to survive they're stacking up corpses in the mansions inside the city of jerusalem this is the romans this is the romans that are occupying jesus's land in his day and so no wonder they needed a savior. No, long, no wonder they were looking for a Messiah to come and rescue them from the situation. Because they, they wanted some guy to show up and just destroy the Romans once and for all. To vanquish their enemies. And so when Jesus shows up, they think they found it. Uh, turn with me to John chapter 1. And what you should know is, is in, in that day, whenever, whenever any person of importance like the Caesar was coming down the road, they would send someone ahead, a herald ahead, basically telling everybody, get out of the way, here comes the emperor, here comes the leader. And they would go ahead and they say, make straight the paths, get out of the way, clear the path, we're coming through. And in John chapter 1, we see John being a herald for Jesus. And he says, and this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Because they were starting to think maybe John was the Messiah. Maybe he was the chosen one. And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. 
Are you the prophet? And he said, no. So they said to him, who are you? And he, he, excuse me, we need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Guys, that was a pretty intense. He wasn't just saying Jesus is Lord. He was saying, Jesus, he's the emperor. He's the king and he's coming. And I'm the one saying, get ready, get ready, clear the path. Because here comes the chosen one. Here comes the Messiah. If you flip over uh, just a few verses. In verse 35, it says, The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples and looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You should be called Cephas, which means Peter. Like, like, this was no small thing for him to go up to his brother and say, Look, we have found the Christ. We have found the Messiah. We have found the chosen one. And they didn't quite accurately understand what that meant yet. If you go through and read uh, the, the Gospels as the disciples are hanging out with Jesus, They're going to ask really goofy questions like, hey, you know, um, when you decide to rule this place, can we sit at your right and left hand? Like, like, can we rule with you, Jesus? Like, they didn't get it. Like, even to the point where Jesus is getting arrested, Peter whips out a sword and tries to chop off a guy's head, right? And Jesus is like, whoa, whoa. No, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. Like, you guys, you don't get it. You don't get it. This has nothing to do with conquering these Romans and ruling in the way you guys think it is. And for us today, that can be somewhat of our, like, we can get caught up in that trap politically. Like, man, if, if just our party would be in control, then life would be good. Can I tell you? It would not be good. There's only one kingdom that matters. There's only one political party that matters, and that's the political party of the kingdom of God. You have to surrender to that. And and guess what? We don't vote in that kingdom. It has a king. We surrender. That's it. We surrender to the Lord. In John chapter 4, we see this with the woman at the well, right? She's a Samaritan. And I love this. I love this because this is a woman that Jesus shouldn't be talking to, first of all, because she's a woman. And that was culturally inappropriate in that day. Second, because she's a Samaritan, which the Jews hated they weren't even supposed to be going through that land and as they're talking to her what's so crazy is that she says that she knows a messiah will come and he reveals himself to her he says you know what i'm that messiah he reveals himself not to a jewish man but he reveals himself to a samaritan 
woman, which just turns the whole thing. Like, what about God's chosen people? This is unexpected. This is unexpected. Say unexpected. It's unexpected that the Messiah would first choose to reveal himself to a Samaritan woman. And show her mercy and grace. In John chapter 7, if you flip over, we'll actually read this one. Starting in verse 25, it says, Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is this not the man who they seek to kill? And here he is speaking openly. And they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? Like they're puzzled that he hasn't been arrested yet. Like maybe they know. Maybe they know he's the Messiah, the chosen one. But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. What's funny is they think they know where he comes from. Right? They think they do. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, you know me and you know where I come from, but I have not come on my own accord. He who sent me is true and him you do not know. I know him for I come from him and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. What's what's the craziest thing for them and for us is we can get in this, this whole mindset of getting caught up in the fact that we feel like we know who Jesus is. In reality, we don't. We feel like we know who the Messiah, who the Savior is, but really, really we don't. Um. Go over to Luke for just a moment. And this is, you guys remember John who we just read about, who was the one in the wilderness crying, make straight the paths of the Lord. Like he was saying, here comes Jesus. He, he, he lost some of his disciples to Jesus. Right? They were following him and they left him to go follow Jesus because Jesus is the Messiah, right? Or so John thought. In verse 18 of Luke 7, it says this. And if you actually back up, it actually says this is a section where Jesus raises the widow's son. And in verse 17, it says that this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and the surrounding countryside. So Jesus' miracles are being spread to the whole countryside. In verse 18, the disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord saying, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Like even John. Even John, who was declaring, this is the Messiah, all of a sudden he's having second thoughts. And you know why? Because he's in prison now. He's in prison now. And if the Messiah was really coming, and I was the one proclaiming that he was coming, why would I be sitting in prison? This is unexpected. Say unexpected. Right? Because... 
The Messiah is supposed to come on a white horse. He's supposed to come with a sword. He's supposed to be putting the Romans in their place. And I was his herald, but now I'm sitting in prison. And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? And in that hour, Jesus healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. And he answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and what you have heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And why would John be offended? Because Jesus, you're not what I expected. I declared that you were the Messiah to come, but now that you're here, you're not what I expected. And ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's the entirety of the Christmas story. If you were to look in Matthew, go back to the beginning of Matthew, and you see this story. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people of their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us see here's what's unexpected is that that the messiah the savior the chosen one he's going to be born to a teenage girl like the god of the universe in the care of a teenage girl a girl who gets pregnant and isn't even married yet this is unexpected And if we look over in Luke, chapter 1, actually chapter 2, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This is the first registration when Quirinius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swallowing clothes and laid him in a manger because there's no place for them in the end. 
This, this is the Messiah, the chosen one, being born in a barn. Teenagers, I'm sure your parents have asked you before, were you born in the barn? You can just say, yes, I'm just like Jesus. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in a mansion. Nothing of notoriety. The only people who came to see him were foreigners who weren't God's chosen people who had been researching and saw a star and said, hey, let's go figure out what this thing is. And a bunch of common shepherds who a bunch of angels showed up and said, hey, guess what? Something great has happened. And they show up to a barn and they're lying in a feeding trough is the chosen one, is the Messiah. This is unexpected. This is unexpected. He is not the conquering king we thought he would be. He's a weak, helpless baby being taken care of by a teenage girl. An unmarried teenage girl. And this is our Messiah. This is our king. This is our chosen one. Zach, can you, are you around? There you are. You had a mask on. I couldn't see who you were. You're like all ninja today. How many know sometimes life is unexpected? Right? Sometimes life hits you unexpected. You get blindsided by things that you were like, I did not see this coming. A financial crisis in your, in your home a relationship issue, a health issue. Like, the list goes on and on. And what stinks is, what we do as people is the same thing that we see the Jewish people doing to Jesus. There's no way this guy can be the one. We know where this guy came from. We know who he is. He can't be the one. And how could the one be someone who was born in a feeding trough and then and died the death of a common criminal? Like if he's king of the Jews, think about this. If he's really king of the Jews, then why would be he be hung on a cross? He die he dies as a common thief. Born in a manger, dies on a cross. What's so special about that? The answer would seem to be nothing, unless unless this whole thing is completely unexpected and not understood appropriately by the world. And can I tell you, the world doesn't understand it. And so for us, and even us good Christians. Even us good Christians, we will turn to other things to save us, to be our hero. We will choose other things besides Jesus to make us feel better. Nod your head if you've done it. All across the room, everyone should be nodding their head because we're all stinking guilty. We look for something to be our hero to save us, even if it's just for a moment. 
It'll just help me feel better for just a moment. And what are the things we turn to to be our Savior, to be our Messiah, to be our Christ? For some of us, we're like, man, if I, if I can just get that promotion or that job, if I can just get that extra paycheck, then, then I'll be okay. You won't be okay. If I can just get that relationship, then I'll be okay. That's, that's never going to be your Savior. If I, can, if, I can just find, if I can just find the right doctor. The right church. Man, I think we have a really great church, but if you're still looking for the, if I find the right church, then everything will be okay. Man, guys, I think Forerunner is great, but we will never be your Savior. Ever. There is one Savior, there's one Messiah, and that is Jesus. And I know logically it doesn't make sense. Because logically, if you got a raise, it would make things better. But I'm telling you, it won't. Logically, if you could just find the right pill. Right? Uh, uh, let's make it real relevant. If we can just find the right vaccine, that will save us. Or if everyone would just, so if everyone would just stop wearing masks, that will save us. Or everyone would start wearing masks, that would save us. Can I tell you, neither one of them will save you. There's one Savior. There's one Lord, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's where our hope has to be. In Romans chapter 5, this is what it says. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Like, this is why it's so important that you see Christ associated with Jesus time and time and time again in Scripture. It's not just because it's, oh, it's Jesus Christ. It's when it says Jesus Christ, what it's saying is it's Jesus, the chosen one. Jesus, the hero. Jesus, the Savior. Jesus, who's the exclamation point to the end of the story. That is Jesus Christ. It's not through me. It's not through Forerunner. It's not through your job. It's not through your relationship. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 2 it says, Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into His grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of glory of God. Not only that, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Wait, that doesn't make any sense at all. We rejoice in our sufferings? What's that about? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. Say endurance. Endurance produces character. Say character. And character produces hope. Say hope. How many know we need some hope? Hope in the middle of suffering? Guess what that is? It's unexpected. Hope in the middle of suffering is unexpected. And what does it come through? It comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus, the chosen one. And this is what it says. I love this in verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame. I guess this is shameless. Hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love, say God's love, say it like you mean it, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit 
who has been given us, and I love this, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still in need of saving, Christ, the chosen one, the anointed one, the hero, he died for the ungodly. So stand with me this morning because I want to pray with you. Not just pray with you, but I want to pray for you. This morning, I'm going to invite you to, to come to the front and let us pray for you. Because some of you, you need a savior. You need a hero. Your story right now that you're walking through, this part of life that you're walking through, it's trouble. Like Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And, and you have trouble. And what you're needing is a hero to come in and break into your story. And you've looked for it in other things, but Jesus this morning, he's saying, it's me. It's me. I'm, I'm the answer. I'm the one that's going to swoop in and save the day. Why? So that I can get all the glory and the honor. Will you just bow your heads for just a moment? And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to come. If you say, this morning... I need the Messiah. I need the Christ. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you do. And you're saying, no, I, I need a healing. I need a miracle. I'm an emotional wreck. My body is hurting. My finances are a mess. Where are you at? Do you need a savior this morning? And can I tell you, he's going to do it in a way that's completely unexpected. He's going to meet you where you are, but he's going to do it in a way that's completely unexpected. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.